0: A very warm welcome to our viewers and listeners to a very special podcast in view of Guru Purnima hosted by the India Foundation. We have a distinguished guest, a leading global voice from India's spiritual fraternity. Before we move to interacting with him, it is my honor to introduce him elaborately to our viewers and listeners. He is none other than Pooja Swami Swarupanandji, the global head of Chinmaya Mission. He is presently also the chancellor of Chinmaya University and chair of Chinmaya International Residential School, one of India's most respected boarding schools. He commenced his formal journey into spiritual life in 1984 when he joined the Vedant course and underwent intensive training under Pujya Gurudev Swami Chirmayananji and Pujya Guruji Swami Tejomayananji at Sandipani Sadhanalaya in Mumbai. Swami is a pioneer in bringing the universal oneness of religion to a variety of audiences, including senior corporate executives. He has envisioned and conducted several spiritual management seminars, by far the most popular being Make It Happen, a comprehensive program designed to reveal each individual's unique purpose, so they can discover success, significance, and fulfillment in all aspects of life. Somjee, a very warm welcome to you, my pranams to you. Somjee, I want to begin by asking you as Guru Purnima is also celebrated as the Jayanti of Vedavya How will you describe his contemporary relevance to our viewers and listeners?
1: Any special day dedicated to an important person in our life, such as Mother's Day, Father's Day, Guru Purnima in modern language would be called as Teacher's Day, which also we have one of the International Teachers' Day, or even National Teachers' Day. It is dedicated to the great teacher, Sri Ved Vyasa, who about 5,000 years ago, not only gathered all the scattered knowledge, I wouldn't say just in the country, but around the world, and compiled it into the four volumes of the Veda, elaborated it in the Puranas, related to life incident in the Mahabharata, the great epic, and therefore his contribution to save the Indian knowledge systems, not just the spiritual knowledge, but the various Indian knowledge systems and traditions, and to pass it on to the following millenniums, No doubt that such a great teacher, visionary, who was able to look into the future and see what is required for the future in India, we take that day dedicated to him in which he completed the great epic Mahabharata. Consider it to be a teacher's day, Guru Purnima. Purnima, of course, full moon. And whatever we do in life, we try to achieve that fullness. And that teacher who gives us the knowledge of fullness, we dedicate with reverence and remember and express our gratitude to the very teachers, the very teachers in our life.
0: Swamiji, can anyone have a guru? And what is the importance uh, and role of a guru in one's life?
1: See, the word guru itself means one who through knowledge or the light of knowledge removes the darkness of ignorance. And therefore, in simple language today, it means a teacher. And in every field of our life, we require a teacher. Later on, having got the insight and foundation of knowledge, we contemplate and expand our knowledge. But for everything, we require a teacher. Our parents are our first teachers who even teach us how to walk, to talk. So teacher means, or guru means, a teacher, a mentor, who guides us, who removes our ignorance, gives us knowledge of the field in which we need to express ourselves. So at every stage of our life, in every avenue of our life, we require some teacher. But whenever we use the word guru nowadays, we only think about the spiritual teacher and if even the basic knowledge of objects in life we require teacher then for the subjective science how much more do we require a teacher to teach us, to guide us in that science that is subjective and also beyond the limitations of our mind and intellect. So yes, we require teachers in our life and in the spiritual field, in self-discovery, self-development, even for self-development programs nowadays, you require motivators, mentors, they're all teachers only. But for the highest knowledge of the truth, we do require a guru, a teacher. Uh,
0: now for a personal and candid question. Uh, any memorable Guru Purnima celebrations uh, with your Guru Swami Chinmayananda that you would like to share with our viewers?
1: Puja Gurudev Swami Chinmayananda, as you know, never rested for a single day, was travelling every week to spread this knowledge, different parts of the world and therefore the opportunities that we had to be with him in his presence were not necessarily on the Guru Purnima day but every moment spent with him was a Purnima was a full moon day but on Guru Purnima very often we used to write our letters and uh, receive his letters on Guru Purnima, we would write in advance. So there were many such uh, moments and you are with your Guru, when you remember your Guru, when you feel his presence, when you are grateful. So, but in 1993, the last year, uh, in fact the last month of his uh, physical life in this world, On Guru Purnima day, actually he was, uh, I was with him in London before that, and he had gone to USA. And uh, on Guru Purnima day, he happened to call uh, because he was being given a very big responsibility to lead Hinduism into the millennium. And he was, uh, uh, he was honored as the man of the millennium. Uh, Hindu of the millennium. So, at that time, he had called with some uh, instructions of what we have to do as a follow-up, and that's the day he spoke to me on Guru Purnima and gave me a beautiful message. Uh, And that's a very memorable one. Whenever Guru says something, it's a message for life. My name is Swaroop Ananda whose nature is happiness and he picked up the when i picked up the phone first thing he said he said swaroop you are spreading your ananda everywhere you are sending you are sp- spreading your nature swaroop means nature you are spreading your nature everywhere and uh, because the phone line was not clear he understood that i may have not understood so he said swaroop you are spreading your nature of anand everywhere keep spreading it. It was like a blessing and a guidance that in life, the only purpose is be happy and spread happiness to others. And that's why his motto for the mission was maximum happiness to maximum people for the maximum time. And he spread that knowledge of the self by which we discover our infinite complete, full, blissful nature. And only when you know that you are happiness and not a beggar or slave for happiness from the world, can you spread happiness unconditionally without feeling depleted or used. And this is the knowledge of Vedanta. This is the knowledge of truth, reality that the spiritual Guru, who indicates the truth, spreads. And the joy of living is spreading happiness everywhere. So this was the most momentous uh, Guru Purnima, which uh, on that day, not just through his letter, but through his voice, I spent with him.
0: My next question is, what should one do to attain this spiritual growth and discipline? Would sadhana just suffice or is there any other guideline that you would advise?
1: So just as everything we have to learn from the teacher, from an expert teacher who himself or herself has practiced and attained the goal, the scriptures, the books of, knowledge have pointed out the means. But the subtleties of the means, the constant inspiration, the dynamism and the strength, the motivation, and the fine tuning of the practices, because all practices, mind you, we are dealing with the mind. And to tune up this mind, even the psychologists have taken so many years, in fact centuries, to understand the mind. So, under the guidance of an expert teacher, the spiritual guru, whatever the teacher instructs us, we should follow. Now, the spiritual practice starts from what we do in our day-to-day living if we take spiritual practices such as meditation which is also required it has to be done at a specific time out of your daily activities but the science of vedanta the teachings that we find in the bhagavad gita that in midst of our duties in life by changing our attitude as well as performing our actions with dedication efficiency how all become a means for our spiritual progress So these wonderful means are pointed out very often. People think spiritual means is some practice of probably doing some asanas, postures, and that's being spiritual or doing some breathing that is being spiritual. It's important for what we are doing. If you are doing yoga asanas for slimming down, which is maybe good for your health. But is your health your spiritual progress or just to look good, then it is not a spiritual sadhana, not a spiritual practice. It is for what we are practicing. It is for what we are doing our duties. It is for what are we doing our professions. If it is to tune up our mind for the higher goal, doing our action as a dedication and service to the humanity or to the creation itself, then it becomes a spiritual practice. And that has to be practiced moment to moment in the midst of all your duties of life.
0: I'm going to focus on some contemporary aspects. Uh, As you know, 2022, next year, India is going to celebrate 75 years of independence. What role do you foresee for spiritual organizations such as Chinmaya Mission? And in general, how do you foresee them contributing to the making of the country? Considering we are going to turn 75 next year.
1: This work, the spiritual masters like Swami Vivekananda, Puja Dev Swami Chinmayananda started it many years ago. It is only with the noble values, pride in our culture, as well as our knowledge systems. We today proudly say in the ancient times, we had such knowledges. India was the university of the world. Takshila, Banaras, these were universities whose libraries, when they were burnt by the invaders, they say burnt for years. We have such rich heritage of our Indian knowledge systems. We have the sound philosophy, as well as even now, in spite of whatever we see in the country, we have great ideals and noble values which may be trying to imitate the, what to say, uh, philosophy of greed. We may have thrown aside, but ingrained in every, actually human being, but in every Indian, is a value system, a culture that is noble. We just have to take pride in our spiritual knowledge that teaches us the oneness with everybody. We must develop that devotion for God and as Puja Gurudev has said and our great rishis and even in the Rama and Ram Chandraji has said that the devotion to the country is the devotion to the Lord of Lords. Because the people of the country, the culture of the country is not just a geographical place. And therefore, it is the spiritual organization that gives the values, the devotion, patriotism, that, and the, the spirit of service. Service of the fellow being it is only together, Parasparam Bhavayanta, Shreyam living of dharma, is that which brings about, prosperity, that's the very definition of dharma, given by Shankaracharya, Abhyudaya Nishreya, that which brings about, prosperity, because the spirit of sharing, giving, the spirit of cooperation that brings about productivity, this is called as yagya, not some ritual, which brings about that prosperity, which is then shared with the country. And even today, India is the richest country in the world. Even if every Indian family just 10% of the jewellery that they don't use were to be contributed for the well-being of the country so that the maximum benefit from it. India is still the richest country in the world. If we think of us as one big family, Vasudeva Kutumbakam. That feeling that our rishis have said and we feel proud to be Indians undivided amongst ourselves. There's a lot that we can do and it's a spiritual knowledge that points out this oneness, gives us the values and gives us that purpose of life to live a life of sacrifice and service, producing more than what we consume and giving more than what we take. And our happiness and success depends upon the happiness and success of the country, the institutions that we work for. And this is the spirit given to live as sadhana, as the first steps of spirituality. So. If we, As long as India was spiritual with its noble values, it was that golden goose hmm? that the invaders came one after the other for millenniums to loot and still it stands in all respect. It's wealth of nature. It's, it's monetary wealth. It's intelligent assets, it's still, it's human resources, it's still the richest country in the world. Let's take pride and pride in our culture, our knowledge and spiritual organizations. Today, maybe just in the spiritual science, India is still the place that people come to gain knowledge. But India has got wonderful knowledge, value systems for each field of science. And if that Indian knowledge systems, which we're trying to bring in our Chinmaya University, we inculcate in our education system, through the value system, value-based education we give in our Chinmaya Vidyalayas, if every school were to take it up and to instill that value and character building in the children, besides just pumping in information, which today we can just get from the internet, that character building, if not only the spiritual organizations, but our schools, our colleges, instill and that pride in our values, culture of our country, then truly Diamond Jubilee year will shine out.
0: Some deep-rooted divisions exist today. You look at racism globally. Uh, We look at caste-based discrimination nationally in India. These are some negative tendencies that continue to thrive. What, according to you, is a way to solve these menaces?
1: See, right knowledge alone can make us see the unity in the diversity. With our senses, we see a world of diversity. In fact, no two crystals are alike. No two leaf are alike. No two creatures are alike. No two human beings are alike. And even in the same color, there are different tones. And therefore, in those countries also you know, there are different shades with which people discriminate. If we live a life identified with only our senses and pleasures from time immemorial, people create distinctions And from that distinctions, inequality, etc. But knowledge is that, and particularly if you want to differentiate, spiritual knowledge is that which shows you the unity in the diversity. The one cause in all the effects. The one truth, reality, God present in everything and everyone and makes you look beyond the differences. For the transaction of the world, there are differences. But inequality does not arise from differences. Inequality is man-made. Because of our ignorance and ignorance-born ego, fear anxiety insecurities and therefore it is this spiritual knowledge and the first teaching really speaking in all religious books and particularly in vedanta ekameva advitiya brahma there is only one infinite reality that one God only, or one truth, call it reality only, and if you are just a material scientist, we are all made up of the same electrons, protons, quarks, energy. We are made up of that same elements with which the entire universe is made only colour, packaging, is different. And therefore, the spiritual knowledge first teaches us to see beyond the packaging to the essence that lies in everyone. And only with that knowledge, there can be global love. Not by just going and hugging trees, I love, I love, I love. Or saying, I love you. In the next moment, they are ready to kill each other. Or in the name of religion, my God is one. People to even divide gods, divide religion, no? and say, My God alone is supreme. So, we mean there are other gods. So, in our denial of other gods, we are accepting multiplicity. But as Vedanta points out, the very sense of All religions, I will say, but of Hinduism is not only there is one truth but the truth alone is you and I are no separate from it. You are as divine as I am and I am no less divine than anyone. It is only with this knowledge can these distinctions and this inequality be removed. But in our various roles, we are different. But there should be no distinctions, inequality according to caste, creed, color, race, country, state, language, behavior, all these so many differences we make. And that should be with knowledge. Removed.
0: Only that was an observing answer. I'm just trying to intake all those points. But my final question to you you have pointed out how India, uh, from time immemorial, uh, has enabled inclusive thinking through its spiritual traditions. We do see advancements in artificial intelligence, uh, various forms of technology. How do you see? spiritual traditions marrying uh, recent advancements or the advancements that you foresee in the future in the days to come.
1: See spiritual science is the science that makes you aware of your intellect and your intelligence. It helps you to quieten your mind so that you can rise beyond your present intellectual capacity to develop intuition and only when you will understand the cosmic intelligence that you have created technology and what we call as artificial intelligence is what information And how you will make that equipment think logically to advance its own, uh, what to say, uh, capacity of learning, etc. Or means gathering data. Of course, it is only a conscious being that has got intelligence and can create artificial intelligence. So the spiritual science makes you understand your intellect and how it functions. It's amazing when you read the ancient books and study and then when you meditate and try to understand your mind what you understand, what we understand as intelligence is very basic. And what we hear of also, that languages, the classical languages, they help you to think logically, such as Sanskrit. And we know that even in computers, the binary systems have all come from, uh, originally from India, they tell right, that we use for computer and its coding and its language, etc. So, when you say spiritual science, there are many sciences including language in India that can be very useful for the development of our technology. And maybe studying some ancient books of knowledge and trying to recognize that how they had that technology, which probably we are developing in a very cumbersome manner, but they had technologies and sciences that made them perform such feats, which we still see in some architectural monuments in India, which has not been explored, but are wonders. So yes, our ancient knowledge systems And in India, every knowledge system is considered to be spiritual. So, that's why we get all mixed up. But yes, spiritual knowledge helps us to understand our intellect, develop our intellect, make our intellect more intuitive, that we can make new discoveries or recognize the existing knowledge or discover the existing knowledge. Newton did not create gravity. He just discovered the knowledge of gravity. And that is how some of our great Indian philosophers in the various sciences, including in recent times, you know, Ramanuja, others in the field of mathematics, they used some different form of intelligence that we have not even fathomed in our so called left-brained thinking. So there is a lot of, of intelligence inherent in each one of us, even literally our brain capacity, which we have not tapped in, and the spiritual practices of concentration, even mantra, japa, etc., contemplation, meditation, can reveal such capacities that lies within us. And therefore, in the Gayatri Mantra, which was given to children when they went to school, dhiyo yona prachodayat. Please inspire, illuminate my intellect, our intellect. Please illumine our intellect. Inspire our intellect, let us become intuitive to recognize the gamut of knowledge that is available to be discovered even now in the universe. Our sciences have only taken a fraction, as Newton said, that his knowledge was as much as a grain of sand in the shores of the world, the beaches of the world. So spiritual science definitely helps us to gain this. That's why we wonder that people like Gurudev, Swami Chinmayananda, they do not only know the spiritual science, how much knowledge, it's that that knowledge knowing which everything else is known. So how you can just grasp knowledge like this? And therefore if you apply your mind to artificial intelligence or technology, those who of course have studied that science can develop that science further into gaining new discoveries and new technologies.
0: Absolutely fascinating and inspiring, Swamiji. Our gratitude to you for taking out time from your hectic schedule. You are managing 300 plus centers in 80 plus countries, beyond which you are a leading voice in India's spiritual fraternity back-to-back programs, especially since in a COVID era, things have moved online. Despite all of that, you spent this invaluable time. Each question answered for me is a masterclass. I'm sure our viewers and listeners will take back so much and ponder upon what you have shared today. Thank you so very much, Swamiji, for joining us on this podcast.
1: Namaste and blessings. For all of us.
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of the India Foundation podcast. To hear more from us, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the India Foundation's channel.